Welcome to Marsha's Plate. This is an interview episode where we talk to friends, family, other community members, and anybody else we want to talk to. <laughs> hey brother, hey brother, hey sister, hey sister, hey sibling, how are you? Hey brother, hey brother, hey sister, hey sister. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Diamond, and this is Marsha's Play, and I am so excited to bring this Black woman powerhouse author to y'all and interview her for my platform. People out here just making their dreams come true is something that really, really inspires me, especially somebody doing things that I want to do. You know, I'm trying to, I'm out here writing books and things, and I want to get it to, you know, the level of being published. So, you know, I gotta bring a black woman author on my platform so y'all can hear about her experience. Plus she has a fire ass new book <laughs> that, that has something to do with us. So, yeah. so let's, let's, see, let's see how it's gonna go down. So I want to introduce to everybody, Chloe Davis. Ah, diamond, thank you. Thank you for that. I'm a my cheeks hurt from smiling so hard. Thank you for having me on your show. Um, thank you for just representing the way you do. Um, I am Chloe Davis. And um, what, you know, Diamond was talking about is that I'm a debut author. And my book, my love child, I call it, um, is called The Queen English. And it is the dictionary of LGBTQIA+. Lingo and colloquial phrases. It celebrates over 800 terms used to describe our collective gay and trans and queer experiences. Um, it is inclusive, it is diverse, shows the beauty of intersectionality. Um, it affirms, it empowers, and it brings visibility to all identities. And I'm just, ah, I'm so proud of it because. Um, I feel like with this dictionary, with this book, with this course, it has allowed me to stand firm in who I am and believe being a proud black bisexual woman, you know, um, being proud of all of those layers, right? Because, you know, being black, you know, sometimes in our community, we experience, you know, homophobia, biphobia, transphobia, right? And we're not really able to be empowered in our fully in our full selves. So I really, you know, am proud of this dictionary because I want to make sure that I empower all of us, right? Um, empowering myself gives me an opportunity to help empower others, and so I'm proud of my baby. <laughs> I, I really, this is beautiful. I just, as you can see, I got all my little tags and my little clothes. <laughs> I don't went through it to see, you know, to really pull out some stuff that I found that was really great about the book. But before we get into the details of the book, mm -hmm. I just want to talk about your journey as an author, like as a black woman author. Because first of all, let's 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 talk about some history. You are published by one of the um, one of the branches of Random House. You know, it's called Penguin Random House now, but because they merged in I think 2013. Mm -hmm. The history of Random House, one of a uh, black woman history, another mm -hmm. popular Chloe 
was one of the first black woman editors. We know her as the amazing Ooh. Toni Morrison. Yes. <laughs> her, 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 her birth name is Chloe Chloe. And, um, but we know her as the Nobel Prize winning, great black author, Toni Morrison. How does it feel being on the, with this, that kind of history? Because we know some of the things that she was able to do while she was at um, Random House was, you know, she was able to publish black authors that would not have been published at that time. When we talk about Toni, Toni K. Bambada, Bambara, um, Henry Dumas, even like Malcolm, Angela um, Davis, Muhammad Ali, yeah. Angela Davis, yeah. Huey P. Newton, to really um, paint a book picture of what was going on in the times. How do you feel as a black woman continuing that legacy? How do you feel about that? Because you're, you're painting a picture <laughs> of the time. You are literally a part of the canon now with this amazing book <laughs> of the canning of the picture of the time. So tell me, how does that make you feel? Look, I'm like, you, you're trying to, you're trying to have like therapy session here for me and, and got me all emotional. Um, you know, thank you for reminding me that um, I thrive now because they dared then. Thank you for reminding me of like the shoulders that I'm standing on. Oh, you're going to get, give me emotional. So, it's funny because during the writing, I'm going to be transparent and honest about everything, but during the writing process, once I signed, you know, with, with Penguin, with Clarkson Potter is the imprint, but it's a part of Penguin Random House. When I signed with them, you know, I was excited, but I didn't realize the amount of work and magnitude and um, excellence and resilience and fortitude I had to have inside me to to really have the book look the way it was right it is so i remember um I, so i was in new york and i was actually performing uh but i remember when the morrison documentary came out right and she and you know how she had that fierce read you know what i mean like you know white people and having you know like it's your problem you know what i mean and if if you have to make me small then that's your problem and i remember how she also said when she like flicked off that that white voice of having to like listen and and morph and um, transform to to their view to their lens and when she flicked it off and said fuck it let me do what I do how liberated she was and I too had that experience right so first I will say I am beyond grateful for the opportunity to of my literary agent um, a white woman right but who who I. I had been submitting, you know, my work. I was actually for the, let's talk about writing, right? So I was doing, I was soliciting because, you know, there are many publishers out there um, who, who take solicited uh, inquiries. And so I had built up how to write an inquiry and I, and I was listening to the big dogs. I didn't care. You know what I mean? Duke, New York press, I, let's go. Right. Um, and it was rejection, rejection, rejection. And happened to work, start really, really working on the look of this book, not just the language, but you, as, as you, and like the beauty of the book, it's colorful. There's these amazing illustrations and your illustrations came because I started working with, I call him my creative brother. His name is Troy Lambert, black gay man, New York City as well. 
he fed into me and he understood what I wanted to say. He understood how I wanted to teach and celebrate and educate. And he has these beautiful illustrations um, that I, the reader on, you know, more about the word, more about the experience, more about the identity. And um, he was like, he came to me and he was like, Chloe, like, you know, you got this, you know, he was like, why, why don't you get a agent? And I said, well, duh. So a little bit of back, background about me is that I, I'm an artist. So I um, am an actor, a dancer, um, and I, I do musical theater. I do film, I do television. And I was like, duh, I have a, you know, I have an agent for that. I should have an agent for, you know, writing. So this is how I want to put this out here because I also have been working on this dictionary for over a decade. For over a decade, I have been researching. I have been, and research includes, you know, talking to thousands of people, those I knew, those who I didn't, to talk about identity, to talk about words, to talk about, um, you know, uh, lifestyle and culture and intersectionality and trauma and pain and celebration. That was the research. And I felt like over that time, I realized that it was also my purpose, right? And so for us, it was like, okay, Chloe, you know, it's time to, you know, let's try to get an agent. I said, okay, so I, cause I had been doing this, right? I've been sending inquiries and it'd be rejection, 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 but this time, and that's why I said, we gotta listen. We gotta listen when, when I believe in God. So we have to listen to when, you know, our, 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 our angels, whoever, whoever we honor is telling us go forward, right? So I said, okay, lo and behold, I was just doing some research and it was this, uh, kind of like blog called My Manuscript Wishlist, right? And this blog had the top, like high tier literary agents in New York City. And basically what they do is they tell you exactly what they want. So I'm looking for YA, YA is young, you, um, um, young adults, you know, reading, or I'm looking for nonfiction, or I'm looking for sci-fi. They tell you exactly what you want. I read someone looking for nonfiction, tapping into culture, tapping into um, a world that hasn't been tapped into before. I said, oh, I got it. That, that's the Queen's English. All right. Because, because there, there is no dictionary like, like this. There is, no, there is no dictionary that articulates the, the, the inclusiveness that a uh, 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 gay or queer experience looks like. And when I say, again, when I say inclusiveness, I'm talking about not from a homonormative, we talk about heteronormative all the time, but a homonormative view, right, of being white, right, white gay, white lesbian, right? Um, and so a lot of times when we look at resources, it's from those views. It's not inclusive and showing the intersectionality of being black and trans or being AAPI and queer or, you know, being Latin X and non-binary or being myself black and bisexual. It doesn't, it doesn't articulate those lenses. So therefore I was very adamant about having that. So I said, boom, I'm going to, I'm going to send. Do you know, Diamond, when I sent that email and I, you know, and I already had like, I knew how to write an inquiry, right? Because I had been submitting already. So I knew how to, to, to formulate and, um, you know, kind of like an inquiry to a literary agent and three days, Three days passed and it was like, well, hello, Chloe. You know, I have been, the moment you sent this to me, I have been looking through this and it was just A through C, although the document was already done, but it was A through C. I made sure to make it, you know, to show the nuance of everything. And she said, I've been looking through this literally for three days straight. I have not put it down. And she was like, 
I I want to know who you are. I want to learn more about you. And she's and she said, she said, how far along is this? I said, this is finished. She said, it's finished. I said, yes. She said, do you mind sharing with sharing it with me? I said, absolutely. I shared it with her. Two days later, she said, Chloe, I again have not put this down. She said, I I just feel so inclined to, I, I want to represent you. That's what she said. And she and me, you know, I'm new. I don't know anything. I'm green, right? So, you know, I'm like, well, we got me, girl. You know, like it's like I need to, <laughs> I need to feel you out. And I'm nervous, you know, because also, and and this, I'm not taking anything away from people who are self-published or anything like that. You know, we all get to that that pinnacle that here in our own ways and every every way is valid but you know i'm like okay this is a literary agent okay so we met i liked her they're you know the they're valid and she, okay well let's get going she said so i met her let's say in september and then by october she she explained to me she's like i really like to shop you know this manuscript and i want to start in october and i said okay so again you know, all of those rejections, that's fine from those other uh, publishing companies. But again, I already knew how to do this inquiry. You know what I mean? For a publisher, I had all of the materials that are needed. So there is a way to submit your work, right? Um, and there's a lot you have to talk about, like the like the market and what is it and the value and the audience and all of these things. So I already had that together. So let's say Meta in September, we, we have our, you know, inquiry ready to, to shop to the publishers, uh, let's say October 1st, she sends it off. She sends me an email. She's like, sent it off. She sends it off to everyone, you know, she, Simon and Schuster, um, um, of course, you know, different imprints in uh, Penguin Random House, different imprints in Hatchet, um, Huffton Mifflin, you know, those, you remember Huffton Mifflin, y'all? So she sent it off, right? And she sends me an email that evening just saying, you know, it's been sent off, you know, usually it takes about you know, three weeks to, you know, a month for, for responses. Y'all, she sent me an email that next morning and said, I have, I have an inquiry. I have a, a, a want an interview. So by the time that week finished, I had, I have set up seven meetings wow. to, to, with different publishers, you know, and from those things that I talked about. And I'm giving you this beautiful experience because I have to, I have to, I have to, remember the times that were great to, to so also that lifts me up during the times that I was down. So I, I want to give the full story. So, you know, I had, you know, I had these, you know, different interviews and I felt good. You know, I, I, I felt really good about a lot of these imprints. I'm like, wow. Um, but there was one and who actually, who I went with, I mean, she was fighting hard and, you know, Sarah, Sarah Neville, shout out to her. She's my editor of this book. She is with Clarkson Potter, Penguin Random House. And, she, and I think she was also, she, I, I think she was also new on the scene, but she was so passionate about it. And she also, she's a lesbian, right? So she was like, she said, she said, if I had this book when I was young, she said, I, I, I just, I would have been, I would have been a better person. I would have been more firm that, you know what I mean? She's like, I want to, I want this book. I want this book to help people. Right. She fought for it. And I was like, and I remember my meeting face-to-face -face meeting was in you know Penguin Random House in New York City and I remember walking in there and I just was like Chloe you are inside this building you know and I, I say this too because my mom my mom is a writer but she she never made it to where I am right so for 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 me to sit 
in this place, again, I'm standing on shoulders. So for me to sit in this place and look around and be like, look where I am. You know, I remember snapping, trying to sneak and snap pictures. Cause you know, ain't, ain't nobody black up in there, but the guard. So, you know, I'm like snapping pictures and sending them, you know, to my best friends and stuff. And I went upstairs in the, in, you know, in the conference room and it was like seven of them in there. Stomach bubbling, stomach bubbling, nervous. Right, I was, but I, you know, but then I was in Diamond, you know, cause when I went in there and, you know, again, the only, only black representation, but when I went in, then I, I knew what I created and I knew the value of it. And so just being able to articulate and not feel not feel small because I'm in this huge environment, but feel but feel empowered because I created this and this is something you want. So I, I did end up going with them and um but but there was a bidding war between two different them and another um another um publishing company. And you know that, that was a great experience. And I decided again, I decided to go with Penguin. Um, but then that's where the work began, right? Because I think once I signed on the dotted line to say, okay, this is what we're going to do. It's like all the pressure came, you know, like this was, excuse me, this was unheard of, but like literally, okay. So let's say, so there's over 800 terms now in this dictionary. So let's say by the, when I signed with them, when I signed with them, it was probably close to 500, right? So, but I was given like a list of you know, terms and edits of, of old terms. And they told me I had two weeks, <laughs> two weeks to not only edit the ones I had, but also, and I'm going to talk about what is entailed in this dictionary, but also dive into over 200 more, right? In two weeks. Okay. So let y'all, I, mean, I wrote this in, in a decade. So you want me to do something in two weeks. And it's very, like, each term, it is a dictionary. So, yes, there is, you know, um, the term, there's the part of speech, there is the definition or definitions, plural, because I was very adamant about inclusivity and honoring different interpretations of, you know, how, how a word or expression is used, right? That, 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 is, that is only right. Um, there is an, a usage example that shows the nuance, right, of how a word is used, um, there's the usage note, which is one of my favorite parts, which is really important. And that talks about the etymology of the word, right? Like who created this word? Who coined this word? For instance, a lot of words, you know, oh, you want to. Let me make this statement as you, as you go on and explain this part of the book. I think one of another thing about Tony was something, a, a quote from Toni Morrison, and I'm paraphrasing. Um, in an interview I watched of hers, she said that, Art is one of the first frontiers of social change, mm -hmm. language and art. And that's why it was a part of her toolbox mm -hmm. to make these social changes. Because usually we see it in the art. When we see what people are thinking politically, when we think what people are thinking um, for the future culturally, we think about it in art and language. Mm -hmm. And so what you're doing by putting it in a dictionary when we think of dictionary like you know a lot of times when we're, we're having arguments we be like this is actually the definition of the word this is you know we will we will screenshot a honey or webster in a hot second and so when i when i think of this and how it's all laid out i i i think of this not only 
adds to the culture, but it kind of legitimizes it. It gives that aura of legitimizing the language. So you understand, particularly us as black women, we know how important our language is, how important our, you know, they try to shit on AAVE and Ebonics, blah, 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 blah. But that is actually our culture. You try to make it, when you're comparing it to the white man's English, it's like, oh, you know, you, you're trying to make it subpar. But actually it is our English, it is our language, it is, it is what we have created and it's important and so what that does what this does is also does the same thing with the lgbt but like you said it's inclusive so it's it's not only just from the white gays it's 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 black queer ball scene language every single thing that we that we use in our in our culture in our community dislegitimizes it so I think that's really, really important to point out. But go ahead. Thank you, Diamond. No, you're right. And that that's exactly right. And I when I talk about the usage note, I, I want to say, you know, when I when I started collecting terms, it was because, you know, I was I had friends that were part of the ballroom scene. Right. And I and I was and of course I'm using it. But when I just hear it over and over and I would be like, mm, you know, what does this mean? And you know, a lot of times like when you you know, people can call it slang, but we, this is legitimate language, right? But when you define something that's slang, you use slang. So then I would listen and I would give it this quote unquote academic definition. And it was fun. It was this game we would do, but that's what, how it started, how I decided. And then I was like, yo, this is a fully developed language. It needs to be documented. And I had, you know, a dear friend to say, well, when you write it, you know, challenging me, when you write it, call it the Queen's English. So that's also how it got its name. But what but I want to say about usage notes in the dictionary, just that, right? You know, when we talk about like slay, over, come through, push through, um, you know, beat, fear, shade, all of these words, you know, that comes from the ballroom scene, right? And and it has been appropriated, right? So I say that this term originated in the ballroom scene and has been appropriated by the larger LGBTQI plus community and mainstream. Or to say that, you know, this this term is from originated in the black lesbian community or the black gay male community or the black trans community, you know what I mean? Or this word is commonly used, but to show to show that validation that you're talking about, Diamond, right? Because you're right, if a lot of times if okay, our culture being black. Our things are passed down, right? We it's 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 verbally passed down. It's through t- tradition. It's Oral through tradition. it's through our food. It's through our music. It's through our, and it's through our language. But black appropriation is so real, and it has been done over and over. and And a lot of times we haven't had the tools to write it down, right? So that is that was my passion. It was it was not only to bring visibility to all identities identities and, and and empower those but it was also for me as a black woman as a black person you know um as as a black love of my community of all my community you know it was about making sure that we had ours we had ours right it's in it, it's in um it's written down it's published it's valid it's scholarly it's ours so don't argue no more you know what i mean don't argue so that's what I, I love about it. So let's do one. Okay. So this one, I went all the way to you. And <laughs> I, I always love this one because I'm not a part of this community. But when I hear this one, it get, it warms me because it's really unique to this one. Okay. So this yeah. one is you and it's called U-Haul. Yes. <laughs> U-Haul is an idiom. 
a lesbian term referring to a woman's readiness to quickly commit and even move in with a new romantic interest. Example is, Dominique says, Leela has been seeing Hope for a week. I'll call a U-Haul in about five days. <laughs> Iris says, no way. They'll be U-Hauling tomorrow. <laughs> and then it says, you want more info about this word? Think, the ultimate lesbian stereotype. Usage note, this term originated in the lesbian community. That's, That's one example. I love that example because that word always makes me feel good when somebody uses it. Yes. Thank you for reading that. Yeah. So you, I, I guess you, we all understand how the dictionary is laid out and we see also the humor and play in it, but we also see, you know, words, words are created because of an experience, because an experience needs to be articulated. And so that's why language is created. Language also shapes culture, right? So, you know, that just also gives you a dive into, you know, what can be stereotypically lesbian culture. You're listening to Houston's own MP Trans 101. Now listen, I know that what is basic Trans 101 for me could just be the beginning for you. So this is for your basic ass. basic (laughs) for me in this life could be just the beginning for you. So recently we got great news. We got news that the cop that killed George Floyd is going to jail. We don't know how long, but he has been found guilty. And that is some great freaking news. That is a morsel, and I say morsel, (laughs) morsel of justice that we can find joy in. Unfortunately, soon as I see people celebrating, I see people hurrying up <laughs> to say, oh, the work isn't done. We got to keep working and keep the movement and momentum alive. We got to continue to do the work to dismantle these systems of oppression. <laughs> And people like this are annoying as fuck to me. Look, these motherfuckers are not going to give us a break. The state is not going to give us a break. As we see today, (laughs) as soon as we get this morsel, this tender, small little crumb of justice, the same exact day we hear of a cop killing a 16-year-old girl. They not going to give us a break. So you woker than thou motherfuckers that wants to hurry up and push us where we can't even find a little bit of joy, even even for one night, if only for one night. What Luther Vandross say? If only for one night. Look, can we be big Luther about it, bitch? Can we get some rest? Just even it's an hour a minute of joy to celebrate this little morsel before y'all extra woke ass get to telling us that it's not over. It's not. We know it's not motherfucking over. 
We know it's not over. We know that the fight continues. The shit been continuing for centuries now, motherfucker. We don't need you to remind us that the fight continues. We know. We in the movement for a reason. But you, you can stop for a second and let us enjoy and celebrate this rare moment. We don't even get a lot of moments like this. They usually are, honey, getting off. Let us enjoy the moment. And that's this not just about this fucking shit. This is about anything. When black folks is having fun, particularly oppressed people, we don't need you to come and remind us. Let us enjoy that fucking fun. That's some fucking coon ass shit. Oppressive as fuck. Like real talk. Y'all, oh, masks are going to be coming home soon. Y'all better stop all that buck farting around. We ain't got time to be lollygagging. We got more work to do. That's what y'all sound like. Oh, I want to pick the whole cotton field before I rest and eat a peach or something. Looking ass motherfuckers. We already got Karens and Chads calling the police on us when we having fun, when we ain't doing shit. We don't need your black ass tipping around, reminding us that the movement don't fucking stop. We don't need that bullshit we know. Let us enjoy the fucking little morsel of joy that we can. This ain't got nothing to do with transness, but my black transness informs this message because I hear about my black trans sisters dying every fucking week. So I got to find joy some fucking where, even if it's a little bit, even if it's buying me a little dress, buying me a little makeup, shit, buying a, a, a couple of houses. Shout out to Patrice Colors. Buying some shit to take care of my family. Fuck y'all hoes. Sometimes you got to get joy. We ain't fucking mules. Yeah, I'm, I'm not talking about using movement money, but money that you earn through your work, you should be able to enjoy it. Just like we should be able to enjoy a guilty verdict for a little bit. But it's a one-on-one for life, bitch. Let motherfuckers enjoy some shit. Let us enjoy the small little joy that we have because we rarely fucking get it. We rarely get it. So we don't need you rushing us to movement work like you a fucking capitalist trying to make a fucking profit. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, we don't need to hear. Let us rest. Let us let us marinate in this little bit of joy because shit, we know another motherfucker going to get killed. We know some more tears is going to fucking come. We know another battle is going to fucking come. We know. We don't need your dusty, woke ass to fucking remind us. We fucking know. Let us enjoy the little moments of joy. And this is Trans 101. Thank you. Oh my God, I want to thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yay, 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 yay. So not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know, I also donate to other podcasts. I donate to other organizations. I have my finger on the post of the community and I know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here so you're not only helping to sustain us you're helping to sustain other people in a community because I put my money where my mouth is you know that's just the kind of bitch I am community is fuck 
<laughs> so thank you. I really, really appreciate you. And if you have not become a patron, why have you not? You can donate as low as a dollar a month. It doesn't matter. Anything helps. Please. Do I have to play Sarah McLaughlin and show you puppies? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money? <laughs> All righty. Anyway, thank y'all. And the Patreon and PayPal link is at the bottom. Back to the show. Another element of the book that I love is that there are sections of it that, which I think is, uh, instead of just being just like a regular dictionary, it also, it dives into the history. So mm -hmm. there's a particular section that I love um, that's about the Harlem Renaissance. When we mm -hmm. talk, about, it talks about lyric and literature, the Harlem Renaissance, and it goes through and describing eat like different key figures and key moments in this era in time. We know how important when it comes to queer culture that the, the Harlem Renaissance had. Like these these were the foundations of the ballroom scene where this language come from. That's so right. it's really important when we're giving context, when when you're creating a dictionary and and trying to teach people and try to engulf people in where this come from it's important to give the cultural context and give the cultural history so that people can know oh so this not this didn't just start in, mm -hmm. in the 90s when the ball girls was doing the the 10s this started way back in the Harlem Renaissance 20s and the 30s and da, da 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 and some things go back even further than that so I think one this is one element about the book that I think is amazing because it's this is not the only one but this is the one that I kind of wanted to show when they when you went into the Harlem Renaissance and I thought it was amazing why was that important to really give the cultural context that that was really important again because it was about my blackness right my my black history and i wanted to know more about what was not being taught to me and told to me so i love zora no hurston she she is my shiro um she um just like tony morrison zora no hurston um was my angel right that that like you know she said speak now right if you have the power to speak then you speak i have power to speak so i'm speaking you know and i just appreciated knowing her story. I love Josephine Baker. That is also my shiro, you know, and no one, there she is. And, you know, I feel like, again, you know, we, we have to really have these conversations when it comes to homophobia and biphobia and transphobia, right? Because when, when we talk about black, black excellence, you know, we talk about, you know, James Baldwin and Langston Hughes and that's black excellence, but nobody wants to talk about that they was gay. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, stop it. Stop it. We can't do that because that that is that is creating a false sense of history. And that is unfortunate because then that means people like me and other people don't get to idolize and see and say, oh, that person was like me and give me give me light to go. You know, so it was really important, like that I dive into history and I, I'm thankful for people that, like, again, that I talk to, you know, mentors that I've talked to that, you know, spark that interest. Because there, before there was ballroom, there was a Harlem Renaissance. There was the Savoy. There was the, the Hamilton Lounge. You know, thousands of, of, just like people get hype about wanting to go to a ball, thousands of people were going to Hamilton Lounge because they, they wanted to see the extravagance. They wanted to see the dance. They wanted to see the brilliance. They wanted to see the faggotry because yes, they were called faggot balls. You know what I mean? But why why did there this separation, this need? Because of racism, right? Whites weren't, white gays weren't allowing them, you know, in their, their spot. So it's like, we gonna fucking create our own. 
You know what I mean? And that's and that's why. That is why this brilliance, these creative minds came together and and celebrated identity, you know? So I love it because they say the Harlem, Harlem Renaissance was as gay as it was black. You know? And it's like let I wanted to truly celebrate that. I want to celebrate black culture. All and of it. And the power of celebrating that is it doesn't alienate us from black excellence. A lot mm -hmm. of times we erase our queerness because not us, us, even yeah. the, 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 the cis heterosexual gaze erases our queerness because we are seen as alien. And that makes the black in, in reference to white that mm -hmm. makes that puts a stain on the blackness, but by celebrating us in all our forms, in all our glory, in all our beauty, it may it legitimizes us in the experience of black black excellence in a way that says this is excellent too. This is not just because we are not straight, just because we are not cis, just we because we don't fit this respectability politic that you want us to fit. We are also just as valuable and just as the at the peak, if not more, because y'all still a lot of stuff for us not to be great. If not more, we are at the peak of excellence. And I think that what this does is put, puts us at the center of, of culture, not only ours, but there's so many things that come from us. White people in their books tell us, we, we learned this in a book called, um, I learned this in a book called um, Deviant Wars and just some other things. We, that white men would literally, particularly poor white men, would go into these places and rich ones go into these places and steal the culture and and turn it into um shows and you know and and you really capitalize us because this is where it was hidden at right. <laughs> as you know yeah black black culture appropriation has been real again it's it's through our, our music you know i i love you know ma rainey ma rainey's black bottom i i i hope we all like saw that and definitely honored you know chadwick boseman I actually was a dancer in that, so I'm really proud of that. But um, but it's just like, you know, that end scene, right? That end scene, when you see that them Lily Whites, like, you know, playing that music and playing it with, with no soul, no, no, no beat, you know? Because that's the thing, they try to take it, but there are certain things you just can't take because it's not your blood memory, you know? But, to, but for them to, to do that, and that has happened over and over, like, it, it's it's with our language, it's with our culture, it's with our music, it's with our style of dress, you know, and and there because there is a thin line between appropriation and appreciation, and and what I you know even with this book, even with the dictionary, and and you know talking about the language, you know, it's not for you to use flippantly, you know what I'm saying? It's for you to understand the the etymology of it, understand the power, the struggle and the pain of it, you know, because oh, yeah. you, you just can't just take it. And I, I that's that's what frustrates me a lot. It's just like people, they just take it, you know, and it's like it. I don't know. It makes me it makes me push for more power for you not to take things from us anymore. You know? Yeah. Another element of book that I think is also powerful, along with the history and just uh, documenting the language there are a lot of, particularly as a trans person, there are a lot of things that sometimes, there are a lot of situations where I am seeing a tool that I think would be great for the bigger culture to learn some shit and not be ignorant. But I'm in a space where it's almost like I'm preaching to the choir. Like it's like, 
everybody in here is queer. So they these are not the people who really need to know this. This tool needs to be bullhorned <laughs> to the straight people or put somewhere where they can, you know, to the white people or just so they can learn something. Mm-hmm. And so one of the tools that I see um, is this. This is a classic, if you want like a trans 101 workshop, this right here is such a classic tool that we use when we're trying to teach people that I that I always that I, that I have that experience with. So this is the gingerbread person, and so this is a tool that we use in a lot of um, like like trans learning groups and workshops where we're explaining the difference between gender expression, gender identity, sexual orientation, you know, and different elements of that. And you actually have this tool in the book for somebody who, you know, they want to learn. This is how you know the difference. And this is, you know, this is definitely one-on-one level. But some people, when they get this book, are going to be on the one-on-one level. And so how important was it to have these different tools alongside that history to explain some of these terms? Right. So I, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to teach and educate, and maybe I got that from my mom and my dad. They're both educators, and I feel like, you know, sometimes when we explain things, we think that people are on the same level as us. And I felt like for the productivity of of this book and what I want to teach and what I learned along the way, I needed to break it down. And so, you know, having people truly understand that one's uh, sexual anatomy one's sexual orientation, one's gender identity, and one's gender expression are two totally different things. They do not work simultaneously. They, they, can, they can grow and evolve and change, right? Um, so it was really important that I broke that down, you know, for those who don't understand. And when, and when we think about that umbrella and bubble, those who don't understand, Sometimes it's people within our community that don't understand, right? Because that's the thing. Like, again, when I talk about the diverse terms and experiences, because, again, like someone who is, you know, black and um, trans may not understand the experience of someone who is Asian and bisexual, right? So it's just we all we all are in a place where we are celebrating our identity, but we are also learning others' identity. And so that's why I break things down like that is because not everyone is really gifted the tool of understanding. And so that's why I, when, I, when I do these history lessons and pronoun worksheets, right? Um, and all the genderbred person, it's about breaking down information for the vast majority to understand, and also re reacquainting um, ourselves, even even if we do understand, but we reacquainting ourselves with that understanding, right? Because you know, identity is ever evolving. You know, it's fluid. It's it's on a spectrum, and I just want that. I want to empower humanity, and I want to empower identity, and it's in its grandness, you know. So what about the illustrations? Because as I go through it, I'm seeing some beautiful artwork. When we talk about this, this I think this is gonna this is gonna be Lena Wave. Yes, that's what and you know, I'm seeing representation of the hair. I'm seeing there is a one that includes um disabilities like with gender neutral and have images that, you know, mm-hmm. um that represent that. How how did you go about finding artists to contribute to the book and um you know, just how important that was to have those kind of pictures. 
Yeah. So I, again, I have to, you know, shout out Troy Lambert. He was, he's my creative brother and we dug through, we worked on this dictionary for six months together with just really cultivating, you know, the illustrations we wanted to represent. You know, again, I was about inclusivity. You know what I mean? I was about, my goal was that anybody who picked up the book would find themselves in it. Anybody. Right. So it was important that I was able to show different lenses. Right. To show the difference, you know, to show like ableism, you know what I mean? That 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 is a thing, you know what I mean? And so I can also empower those, you know, who are disabled to see themselves because, again, there is the queer disabled community. It is a community. And so I wanted to represent that, you know, also, again, I wanted to shout out the people who are like, you know, standing firm in who they are. And like Lena, I thought that was major, her going to the Met Gala, you know, with that rainbow cape on. Um, I just really, most importantly, I wanted people to see themselves. So I, I made sure to say, do I see this representation? Do I see this representation? And the other thing uh, too, that I wanna really articulate is that this, this dictionary has gone through so many sensitivity reads because it was important that I hear what people have to say. You know what I mean? Like I have to hear because I have to learn, and and I have and it is most important to me that everyone feels empowered. I want to feel empowered for what I did, so it's like you know I I just needed to dig in. I needed people to see beyond again this this normality because normal is not normal. Normal is majority, and that's unfair. You know I wanted to show what is really normal. Normal is inclusivity, and normal is diversity. And normal inter is intersectionality, you know what I mean? So that that was, I like dived in so hard to show the representation through illustrations. Um, and it wasn't just as my main illustrator, but shout out to her name is Shanae Benjamin, get on her. She is this black lesbian illustrator. She's wonderful, based in New York. Um, she's fabulous. Um, a, a dear friend of mine, he's Canadian, Mark Yuri, um, as he like stepped in yeah, I can help, you know. Um, and Cassandra Fontaine, she's based in Cali and she's she's brilliant. Um, I mean, just brilliant. So I, again, representation, I, I wanted to bring in the minds and creativity of my community. Um, and and so that's why, you know, I, I'm an artist. I wanted it to be fun. I wanted it to be interactive. So that's why it's colorful. That's why it has the illustrations. I'm a Capricorn. So that's why it's so damn detailed, you know, <laughs> but... I just wanted to do uh, the best work I can do. Um, and I wanna talk really quick, I wanna talk about the, the process once I was with my publisher, because I wanna say that it was it was hard again, because I articulated before that I was the only body, right? Um, amongst this this larger entity working for me. And, and, and there was some time, many times that I had to have hard conversations, difficult conversations about I needed them to show up and I, and, and I needed them to support me and I needed them to support my vision. Um, so that was a learning experience to be able to like have that strength to, to, to stand up. And I, I, I exercised that and I learned from that and, and they heard me, you know, but there were many conversations on um, that this is how I want my book to be because it's my book. It was many conversations. And, and I, I'm learning too that that's not always the case, that there are many authors out there who 
they 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 didn't win the fight, you know, but I it was important to me that whatever I created, I felt completely comfortable about it. You know, I felt like it's my work, it's my voice, it's it's the experiences, it's I am, you know, doing my due diligence to my community. And when I say my community, I'm talking about the entire QI plus community. And I was very adamant about making sure I had those, they call them minority uh, identities, but, you know, being aromantic or being um, bi-gender, you know what I mean? Being gender fluid, you know, I wanted to make sure the poly community, I wanted to make sure that visibility was there. And, you know, I understand not everyone will have, will share your same vision or, or go the depths that you go. But I just encourage um, those, I encourage you diamond, like, when you feel the need to speak, you speak. You know what I mean? You just you keep you keep diving at it. You you know, you listen to your to 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 your angels, you listen to that, you know, energy, but you speak because that is that is your gift, that is your purpose. Um, so there 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 may be times where you feel like you don't have the power to, but it, but if you if if it's in you to speak, then it is you're you're supposed to speak. So I think that's my journey with you know being an author and and being a black woman uh, and not necessarily having the internal, when I say internal, I'm like through Penguin Random House, having that internal support of having someone who looks like me, who understands my journey, you know, but I did, I, ha I had to be like, look, I, I have been professional. So the two week deadline I talked about, I made that shit. You know what I mean? I made it because I, and I had to have the conversation with my editor and my team to say, look, you know, and this was also during, you know, Black Lives Matter and everything. But I said, look, like I show up and I am professional and I have never missed a deadline. I am always on it because I cannot fail. Because if I do that, that means I am not going to allow my other brothers and sisters and 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 family into into the spot. If, if I fail, then you're not going to give the opportunity to the next person. So I can't fail. I have to be on it. I have to give 100 percent. I can't tell you I can't meet this deadline. I don't have the privilege to do that. But you have the privilege to tell me that you're going to try to push my book back. So, yes, we can talk about that, too. So my push, my book was definitely pushed back. Um, it was pushed back because I went through a sensitivity read. And, um, you know, let's say four people and one out of four had something to say. And they, they were like, well, you know, I don't know. And I was just like, what? But you know what that did? They were like, well, let's let's just dive back into it. And I said, OK. But what that did was give me such strength to say what I say will go and I will dig harder and I will go harder to make sure that this book is so elevated. It's so inclusive. It's so thorough that no one else can question. No one else can question. And that's what happened. So, you know, that is the silver lining. So I say all that to say the journey, the journey was beautiful, but it was difficult and it was challenging, but to sit here with you, Diamond, and to have this conversation about the journey, to hopefully feed into you because you feed into me, for people to listen, I, I, it's worth it. It's worth it. You know, it's worth the fight because, you know, I get, you know, um, inboxed all the time when people just telling me, like, I see me. Shish. You know what I'm saying? That's power. I'm like, I'm, I, I thank you. You see yourself. So that means I did my job. And it is worth it. So I say, you know, sometimes your purpose and sometimes your journey isn't gonna be beautiful. And you and we know that, right? We we know that because of our skin color, we know that because of our identity. It's not beautiful, but to know that 
there is purpose within you. And, and to know that if you have to speak, you speak, if you push, you push because it's bigger than you, because when you do that, then that's elevating those around you to do the same thing. And that leads me into my last question because beautifully into my last question, because we, we, we are very familiar with our history and with this, um, with this standard that we have to reach to. When we talk about standing on the shoulders of people like Ida B. Wells, when we talk about, we already talked about Zora Neale Hurston, when we talk about uh, Audre Lorde, when we talk about Octavia, Octavia Butler, when we talk about these authors um, and the legacy and doors that they open for us, in, in, in journalist, in, 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 in writing, in, you know, just in using the language to really push our culture forward. Just really using that tool because there's tons of other tools that we can use. We can use politics, we can use voting, we can do that. But actually, really honing in on using the language and the written word to actually push culture forward. You are now putting yourself in this canon of work of black women and black leaders. So tell me what is next for you? What is, what is the, what is, you know, I don't want to, you know, anything could be next, but like, is there something that you want to explore in your next project that we can, you know, get a little tidbit of what is next for you? That's so good. You keep, girl, you keep affirming me. <laughs> it feels good. I appreciate that. I appreciate that love. And again, to be reminded, like you're part of a legacy, you know? Um, I'm excited to announce that the Queen's English will have a UK um, edition, a UK version. So it'll be in the UK in June. Uh, so that's really exciting. And to know that the, this dictionary is so needed that even in an international setting, it still thrives, right? So I think that's beautiful. Um, I'm to Kachinga in the UK. She's a black trans journalist. We got to get y'all. We got to connect y'all. Hey, uh, Square Peg there with Vintage UK. Um, and that that has been a beautiful experience to dive into UK, you know, game queer history and and culture and lifestyle and um, to really see the similarities and the differences. There's a lot of similarities, definitely a lot of similarities, but to also see the differences. Um, so, so I'm excited about that. And I think like, I'm just, this is so new to me, Diamond, like it's so new and I'm really, really pushing. So the world sees that this book is needed, you know? So I think I'm just like headstrong diving into like, do you know about the book? Here it is, you know? Um, so I'm still gonna be there, but I'm, you know, I'm still figuring out like my tools and my skills to say, okay, what, what else needs to be tapped into, you know? Um, so that so that's where I am, but I'm really pushing, you know, now that the UK, you know, version is gonna come out in June, just really pushing the book. And I feel like I'm really um, passionate about having these, you know, conversations with, you know, um, on a larger scale, right? Whether they be with corporations or organizations or, you know, I don't know, mediations, whatever, but I just feel like, I want to keep opening up the conversation. And so, like you said, you, you're not preaching to the choir. You're preaching to those who need to listen because we are in a place. Yes, there's so much going on, but I feel like we are in a place. Where there are more ears that are open and ready and learn. 
So I just want, you know, to continue to use the book and the as a resource and tool to, you know, push those conversations, but also to help young people, old people, whoever, you know, really dive into their identity and feel affirmed by it. You know, so when you're told so many times that maybe you're like with me, like I felt like my identity was muted. You know what I'm saying? Like, but to just know that, like, no, 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 babe, like someone else is like you, you're valid, you're beautiful, you know, I hear you. So that's that. And I, I think my, I just enjoy creativity. So my whole creative platform is, you know, amplifying the voice of the black narrative and also heightening the awareness of the LGBTQI plus community. So wherever path leads me, you know, I'm, I'm like, hands out, like, take me, you know what I mean? So that's, that's where I am right now. So before we go, we, we wanted to make sure that we talked about, um, you know, one of the issues in, in, in the world that is close to your heart. Um, what we do know statistically is that in the LGBT community, 40% of the youth, of the 40% of the homeless youth is LGBT. Yeah. And so we know this is a huge problem because families are turning the, their back on their children. Um, they're not looking to support them. They are, if they don't put them out, they're making their living uh, they're making them living in the home of hell, so they have to run away on their own. Mm -hmm. And we see that when we, when it comes to these trans um, bands and stuff that like happening in Arkansas, and you know, there has been like a hundred and eight anti LGBT bills because of you know this wind, the anger that has mm -hmm. been kind of thrusted on us when it comes to us kicking the orange Cheeto guy out, <laughs> you know, so they have brought up this, these, these 108 bills that are anti, anti, um, LGBT and about three, um, about uh, 74, I think it's 75% about, so like three, three fourths of those bills are anti-trans specifically. So tell me why the issue of homelessness in particular in our community really important to you. Right. So thank you for um, bringing that up. Yeah. So as far as the Queen's English and myself, I've been advocating for the support and care for our LGBTQ youth homelessness community. Um, I feel like, you know, we have to give our youth the opportunity and the care and the need. So I feel like, you know, this is also a way that I am able to give back in, in whatever capacity I can. So I'm very adamant about out um, these shelters, these centers that, you know, support the needs of our, our young youth and whatever services and, and, and financial contribution, you know, whatever little coin I got, you know, I want, I want to, I want to be able to um, contribute to that because I just think that it's important. You know, I just want our youth to have more, to see more, to know more. And I just want them to know that they're loved. So whether if I, you know, um, California, in New York City, I remember uh, years ago when I was writing, doing research, I remember I I reached out and I was like, I want to work with them. I want them to, I wanted them to do a sensitivity read of my dictionary. And I loved it. You know, I, I want to hear, I want to hear their voices. And I love that we created together, you know, and I love that they saw me and I saw them, you know, and I, and I hope when they look at that dictionary, be like, <laughs> I said that, 
<laughs> I want them to know, you know what I'm saying? So it, it's just important. It's important to me that our youth are given, you know, an opportunity. So, you know, I'm about, I'm about advocating for that. So we will be putting not only our, my own organization's resources in the, in the description box, um, we're going to put multiple organizations when, that are doing work, great work out here in regards to um, homeless youth, just in honor of the Queen's English. Make sure that y'all go get this, this ad, this particularly if you have some youths in your, <laughs> in your home, get this, get this, because this is, you know, this is just something they're going to need to affirm them. This is something that they can see themselves in. This is quite important. Everybody needs to get this. I'm going to put some link to it in the bottom as well. Um, I believe the children are. <laughs> we got all, you know, we got so many. When we look at Zia Way, when we look at um, the um, the YouTuber that just came out, I can't remember her name. I'm, I'm sorry, but you, she has a little bow. She's a white girl with a little bow in her hair with a little ponytail on the side. Anyway, it's so many youth that are out here really pushing up against they got their family support and they're pushing up against this system so i think the kids are going to be all right but we want to make sure we make their path as smooth as we possibly can and this is one drop in the bucket to move towards making that path smooth and i want to thank you so much for and shout out to queer global for connecting me with you and yeah. i want to thank you so much for creating this and i want to thank you so much for even bringing it to my show and being a part of it and just thank you chloe Aww. I mean, I love this. I love this. And again, I love what you're doing, your platform, your energy. Oh, so, sis, whatever you need, however I could assist, you know I'm there. <laughs> I'm there. Tell the audience how they can find you. Well, visit the Queen's English US.com um, and also follow us on Instagram or Facebook at the Queen's English US. Um, and also you can follow I'm Nez, N-E-Z underscore Davis. But yes, just, you know, I just say continue to spread the word, your copy, but get your copy and get and gift a copy. That's really important. You know, get a copy, gift a copy, um, have the conversations, open it up, do a key key, because it's funny too, y'all. Like, you know what I mean? It, it's it's serious, it's, it's great, it's celebratory, but it's also, it's funny. Um, so yeah, I just, you know, keep keep supporting, keep loving on each other, keep keep empowering each other, keep in, um, inspiring. I think we just need love, just more love, more love. Thank y'all. That was that was it. That was perfect. I check it out. <laughs> I will see y'all next week. Bye bye. Bye. Well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's plate. You can listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all. And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We will be posting exclusive content every Thursday, so you definitely don't want to miss out. You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you'd like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamond, S-T-Y-L-Z, at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye-bye. You going to say bye, Mia? Oh, bye, y'all. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Every little thing's going to be all right. <laughs>